Happy Friday. This is the final episode of The Food Code for 2023. Thank you first and foremost for being here with us and being supporters and listeners. If you haven't done so, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the show so that we can continue to grow. And today we are talking about the 1% rule. This was a life-changing read for me, and I hope that you'll take away some of the key tips from this book that we talk about today because it's really impactful, especially if you find yourself stuck in a rut or find yourself stuck starting over every Monday as we talk about. And we also want you to use this information to plan for 2024 so that you can end that year strong and become 1% better every single day. Live your life within the moment, moment And don't go wait until the morning, morning You never know when it is over, over All that I know Happy Friday, friends. It is the last Friday of 2023. And we're here to go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. It is the last podcast the Food Code will record for 2023. <sighs> crazy. It's crazy. It really is. It's crazy that... and. Speaking of consistent, we have been very consistent for what, how many years now? Three years? Mm -hmm. years We're going into our fourth year podcast. Going into our fourth year. That's crazy. Actually, did we start in 2020 or 2021? I don't even remember. We might need to go, we might need to look it up. But if you've been with us, (laughs) feels like a long time ago, right? If you've been with us this whole time, thank you. We, I mean, like, let me take this chance to thank all of our listeners mm-hmm. and especially those listeners that rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. I especially thank you. <laughs> I'm grateful for all of you, but I'm extra grateful for the ones that share the message. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's um, something that is a passion project for us, but it definitely, it's inspiring to see people like share it out, tag us. It's inspiring to see stories of, you know, people and what they're learning and what they have, you know, maybe even shared with other friends and like how it's helped them. Mm-hmm. Even if that's you, maybe you found um, another practitioner through our podcast, right? Who we've interviewed uh, or you found us through listening to podcasts, like understand that we put a lot of time, effort, energy, and also finances into producing the show. And so it means a lot to us. Also, this is wild. We started in 2020. So if we think of that, this is going to be our technically our fifth year that we're going into. Crazy, crazy. We've been talking a lot on these mics. <laughs> Are you sick of us yet? I know. We first aired, uh, we launched our podcast December 30th, 2019. It went up uh, January. Yep. yep. And because we had to batch record. And so we had six episodes that went live. I would be scared. I don't want to listen to the first. I don't want to. Just like I hate looking at videos of myself from when we first started recording. Mm -hmm. I will say I, and you were the same way with the gym. Like we, we did a lot of videos at O'Hare before I even, we even started lifestyle nutrition, our initial name of our company. Um, So like I have been working on being on video for a very, very long time. And then like in person seminars, presentations. Used to be very bad at it. It's I do miss that a little bit because we got to see people, we got to talk to them. I do miss it. We did the presentation and they come up and talk to us afterwards. That was so cool. Yeah, no, I I definitely miss being in person um with people and presenting. And I think it's something that ultimately Liz and I both want to get back to. Like I'd love to get back to presenting in person, you know, on various topics that we learn about and we 
put in place with our clients and help people with. Um, so hopefully you have taken some time to sit and, and evaluate your year, who you are, who you want to be, what you did, what you didn't do. Because the only way that we can improve is by learning through our past, through our failures, through, you know, there, there is no learning without application. I really do. I really believe that. Like, I think that, yes, there are theories, there are, you know, research studies of other people doing things. But like, I think to truly learn the best way, you have to apply consistently what you are trying to be better at. Yeah. It's, it's like, for example, I think about like all of the things we've done over the years with different protocols and learning tests and this and that, like the only way you get better at it is by repetition and reading more tests and deciphering and writing yeah. protocols and, you know, whatever that looks like, uh, in terms of a lot of the tools that we use or that we've learned the first time that you look at something, it's probably really overwhelming. Like think about implementing a new system. Like my sister works in software development and she trains people on new systems. And I remember those times where in corporate America, we would be learning a new system. A, there's that natural resistance to it because you already got it down. You know that the system you have is working, right? Um, and it's uncomfortable to have to learn something new. But uh, B, it's I'm not good at this. And so I'm going to probably make quite a few mistakes. And we call that kind of the implementation mistakes, uh, that period, the first 90 days of trying to learn something where that's just normal human behavior. No one right out of the gates is going to be perfect. And so, you know, when I think about what we're going to talk about today, this brings me back to really around 2014, maybe even before then, 2013. When I was like in the grind of trying to get the first 50 pounds off, and I had done a lot of these diets and very restrictive protocols. And I deemed it like the Monday mindset. Because at that time, I think this was 2012, 2013, I was in the beach body coaching, shamefully. But I also learned a lot about myself in that process because why couldn't I keep it together on the weekends? Every Monday, I found myself starting something over or, you know, more restrictive. Like I remember. I worked at Target in Yorkville and I started the 17 day diet. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was basically all protein. I was throwing up turkey on day four because I was so sick of, it was literally just chicken. It was lean protein. So you could have yogurt, cottage cheese, turkey, chicken. And like, it was oh like portioned out, but like there was no, basically like if I recall correctly, there was no like fruits, vegetables, nightmare. but anyways, uh, oh yeah, I was sick. I gave up on day four, you know? And so then the next Monday I was like, Oh, what, what else, what might work what next? Is- right. What other supplement is the hydroxy cut going to be the thing? You know, I, I did that, you know, went through that era. And then anyways, I got to this point where I said, all this isn't working. All of these really crazy things that I tried it, they have not worked. So what might work? Then I stumbled upon like the habit stacking principles, right? The 1% better rule. And um, that's really when I just decided I'm just going to be done trying all the extremes and I'm just going to start applying. And if I fail the next day, I will try again and I will just keep going until I'm able to get these things down. And that's also probably why I get a little bit peeved with the whole water situation because it's like the simplest thing, but we can't master other things Like I have clients right now who are backed up and constipated. And the reason they're not getting additional supports is because they haven't mastered the water. And it doesn't matter if you try to flood your colon with an osmotic laxative, there's no water there. You're going to end up in pain. 
Mm-hmm. So from a clinical perspective, knowing that, I don't want to give them that. Why do you think I was mortified with Miralax? I wasn't hydrated. And then I was taking Miralax and I was in physical excruciating pain. And so some of the teachings that Beck and I share, you know, or things that we share on the podcast, we're serious about because we've walked this path. And so anyways, we're going to talk about the 1% rule today. And this was a really big turning point for me in letting go of the extremes, in letting go of that Monday mentality where, you know, I'm starting super restrictive, maybe make it to Friday, maybe not. Then I would have a case of the efforts, enjoy the weekend because the scale didn't go down by Friday morning. So this isn't working. Enjoy the weekend and I'll start again on Monday. And I think that a lot of people have been there and it's not a good place to be and we don't want you to be there. And so as you go to 2024, hopefully some of these things that we're going to talk about today, you'll bring with you and approach the year. Yeah. And, And I think it's the shiny object. We've talked about this before. It's sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Like people don't want to be told just go to the gym every day and eat healthy and drink water and sleep. But that's what, like you guys, nothing else works. Like it is consistency. It is persistence. It is finding a way to fall in love with the process and how the process makes you feel. Because is the process fun every day? Absolutely not. It is like, I, dude, almost every morning I have the battle almost every morning. Like some mornings I'm like, yeah, let's get up and do this. Most mornings I'm like, okay, snooze buttons looking really good right now. Or this bed is really warm or I'm tired or whatever it is. But how I feel at the end of the day when I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish that day, the little things. And I, we talk about this all the time. Like take your day freaking hour by hour. Don't think about where you want to be three months from now. Sure, you can have that thought and that, you know, goal in mind. But when you constantly think about why is this not drastically better, you're going to continue to fail because you're going to fall into it's not good enough. What's the point? That negative mindset versus I'm really proud of myself today. I drank water. I worked out. And I ate healthy. Three simple things that maybe don't feel simple in the moment, but that compound day over day and result in what you ultimately will want. Like it is so many people try just get themselves busy. They get themselves thinking about all of the different options, but they never actually take action on any of those options consistently. Like Liz was saying, it's that, you know, Monday mindset rule. It's that I'm going to give it a good solid three days, but then there's the cookie or then my friend wants to go out to eat or my kid's sick or whatever it is. And then you don't get back on you. You let that moment turn into days, turn into weeks. And then you're like, well, shit, here I am again. Versus every day waking up. How can I win today? Andy Frisella has that win the day. Mm hmm. How can I win today? And it's not overwhelming, you guys. It's not a list of 17 things that need to get done. It is what things do I need to get done today that are going to make me feel good about today, that are realistic, and start there and build on it. Because most of us have some real high expectations, and we don't have the same level of commitment as those expectations may take. 
And that is where the, that I think ultimately that is where the unhappiness comes from with so many people is that you want something that you are unwilling to do to get there. Like it is going to require you to do something that you are just, you're not going to do. And so then you're unhappy. You're like, well, I want this, but why can't I have it? Because you aren't going to do the things that you're willing to, that need to get you there ultimately. Or, you know, it's, it's interesting too, to think about, God, all the things that we've done in our lifetime of like dieting and protocols and things like that. But sometimes we'll have clients who aren't willing to do the things that we've asked them to do yet. They want to know what the other person that saw great success did. And the hardest part is saying very transparently, they did the things that you were unwilling to do. And that sounds really harsh, but at the end of the day, we don't ask people to do things just for fun. Like I don't just like write protocols for shits and giggles that take me three hours to write. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is designed for you and your body and what you're trying to overcome and what you're struggling with. But yet, if you're not willing to do it, we're kind of at a, a turning point here. There's a fork in the road. So you, you either have to accept that where you're at is good enough for what your, your willingness uh, is with your commitments, or you have to decide that you are going to match your commitment with your expectation. And I think this can go further than just health. Um, and I'm going to pull this straight from the 1% uh, rule by Tommy Baker. And it basically says many people have high expectations, be it in their marriage, their job, fitness, or another skill, but hardly match their commitments to their expectation. And I had to replay that a few different times when I was like re-listening to this book a few weeks back because I was like, oh, damn. I think about our business, right? Where we want to go and the expectations that we have. All right, 2024, we already, we, Beck and I have already had this conversation. This is going to be a completely different level, I think, in 2024 of commitment around certain pieces of the business in order for us to get to where we want to be with like our vision, right? Our goals. Um, and then on the same time, like setting expectations for everybody in the business. And so that's one thing where it's, it's hard as a business owner. It's hard as a mom. It's hard as a spouse. It's hard as a homeowner. It's hard as any role that you're, you're putting in. If you have these really high expectations to have that look in the mirror and be like, Oh, but did my commitment match that expectation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think for you, if you are listening to this right now and you're like, okay, I'm reflecting on 2023. What did I accomplish? First, start with the good. That's always the good thing, right? Be proud of the things that you have accomplished. If there are things that you feel you, you know, wanted to accomplish and that you didn't, or you feel regretful about in terms of, yeah, I didn't fall through with my word. My, my commitment just wasn't there then I think you have to accept that the expectation needs to change and evaluate that as you're going into 2024 and be realistic with, you know what? Sometimes in this, this year, right? Let's say, for example, you're a tax accountant. Probably not the time to think that you are just going to be all in on your health or all in on your uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on, uh, three of my friends are studying for the CPA exam right? Mm -hmm. It's probably not the best time to think that you're going to spend 10 hours a week studying for the CPA exam if you're in the midst of tax season that's already requiring you to work 90 hours a week, right? That's just not feasible. And so looking at that and saying, okay, if I want to take these exams and I want to accomplish this within the next couple of years, what, when am I going to be doing those things in what seasons? And it might fall on the fact that 
shit, summertime is pretty light for tax accounting firms. So that's going to be the time, even though it's nice outside, you know, you, you guys understand what I'm saying here. I think it's important to look at what is the specific goal and what's the expectation and what's also going to, going to be reality instead of have a couple of clients right now. They're, they're just overcommitted. Mm-hmm. And it's really silly to think that this is going to be done in an excellent manner and you are going to get the best out of it if you just keep compiling on other things that don't give you uh, the time that you need to also be able to sleep because you can't just like go off of four hours of sleep. So that would just kind of be my challenge around that is to think about this. That's a harsh, you know, kind of look in the mirror and a harsh reality sometimes, but think about what is it you want to accomplish and when am I going to be doing that? And we've talked about this before in terms of periodization. When is my cut season? When's my bulk season? When's my maintenance season? And, and kind of lay that out for your year and then get really hyper-focused because I think like you mentioned this before, Becca, a lot of people are so busy. They're not necessarily busy. They just lack focus. They lack priorities. Yeah. Well, it's like you go, go, go all day and it feels like you have no time, but nothing is prioritized. And we've talked about this with our business. Like we get so caught up in our business every day that we never are able to work on the business effectively because every day it's like, What's the fire I have to put out? What's that email I have to answer? What's the client thing I have to do? And so like it, you are busy. Of course I'm busy. And yes, I'm getting stuff done. But for us to be productive in the way that we need to be productive to help growth, we can't accomplish it in that way. There has to be better prioritization. And so you might be doing things all day, but you're not in a place where you're happy. And so it's evaluating like, literally sit down and write hour by hour what goes on in your day. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because there's time. You just aren't seeing that time. So you have to take a very objective step back look at what your day is like and tell, you know, where can I fit in what I need to fit in? Because I know it doesn't feel like you have time. You have time. We yeah. all have time. Vince has talked about this before. Time is an emotion. It is, if you are unhappy it is because you are not prioritizing the right things with your time. It is not the time that is the problem. It is your prioritization abilities. And I also, I think it's uh, the problem can be for some people is that they don't give things enough time, right, to work exactly. the process, right? So, you know, when we're thinking about this concept of the 1%, if you just showed up and you got 1% better every day, there's a compounding effect here. And he talks about it in the book. So you guys should definitely read the book, The 1% Rule. But it's not a 365% return that you're going to get. There's a compound effect there. And so it's more like, I think he said like 600, 700%. I'm not a mathematician, so I apologize on not having that exact uh, number for you. But it is very true because if you think about these micro goals that you can set every day within your day and you can put them in, you know, to in time block, that 10 minute walk, that deep breathing session, that 10 pages of reading, whatever that is for you that you need to do. And I would pick one and I would master that and then I would layer another one in. You do it with application every day and then you're persistent and you're persistent in the face of discomfort because that's really where we know that a lot of people give up. But yet that's also where your growth and your progress is going to happen. And then you have to match that with time. So he has a formula and it's the 1% progress plus daily application plus persistence plus time gives you success. So you can't give up too quickly here, right? And then one of the things we talked about today with one of um, 
or business mentors, which I thought was really good, is you can have these different processes in the business or you know different protocols or things that you uh, want to uh, approach, like how you want to tackle projects, for example, but then you have to really get obsessed with that. And so when we think about applying that 1% formula or that 1% code, you have to fall in love with the process. And in if you can do this, this is really where I personally found after reading this book and taking this approach, I personally found my confidence was built because when I was falling in love with the process and I was doing it every single day and celebrating that, hey, you know what? This month I had a 93% on my water intake because that's what I was tracking. Like, So there's a lot of tactics here, right? You can do, you can get a calendar, you can put it on the wall, you can put drink one gallon of water every day. And every day you do, you give yourself a green check mark. Every day you don't, you give yourself red X. Okay, great. I don't want to give myself a red X because I don't want to fail, right? Visually, we want to see this represented. So I'm going to sit here then and chug my water because I want to give myself a green check mark. And this is, I think, just foundational philosophy for most people um, if this is something that really matters to you. And then celebrate that you committed to doing that. But also become kind of obsessed with it. And that's okay. And I think some people are like, well, I shouldn't be obsessive. Okay. Well, there's a lot of other people who are obsessive with things like eating donuts and ho-hos and playing video games for hours on end. And they have no problem telling they're obsessed with that. Why is it wrong for you to be obsessed with feeling good and doing things that make you smarter, happier, healthier? So you may want to track you know, things along the way because that will allow you to also, again, celebrate those wins. It will allow you to course correct in the moment. So sometimes when we're having clients track food, for example, we can course correct or we can say, hey, let's go back and evaluate this data because this is when you were feeling really good. So what were you doing differently from then to now? Oh, I was hitting my protein goals and I was eating fruits and vegetables and adequate fiber. Like I was doing some of those foundational things. And then you can start to do this on your own. So we want you guys to do two things today. We want you to sit and reflect and maybe evaluate where did you not meet, where did you not match, excuse me, your commitment to the expectation. And then really start to plan out 2024 and think about how can I become 1% better every day so that next year at this time, I'm in a totally different place. And with that, we love you. We wish you a very happy new year. Thank you again for being here and supporting the food code as we enter into our fifth year podcasting, which is wild. So please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the show because that is the best way for us to continue to grow and reach others around the world.